Welcome back to another episode of the Kings with Spirits podcast. I'm one half of your host, Jay Maurice. And I'm Javad. And this week, I'm rooting for... I'm rooting for anybody who didn't kill Breonna Taylor. And I'm rooting for you because I hope that you are, despite the times, I hope that you're doing well and that you're alive and that you're living every moment like it's your last because, unfortunately, Breonna Taylor isn't. But her murderers are. And so we're still calling for the arrest and charge of the officers that killed Breonna Taylor. That's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, you want to know who I'm rooting for? Who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for all these non-critical ass thinkers who believe whatever article is posted in their interest in light of the coronavirus. Mm. <clears throat> I just came across this idiot-ass muscle head um, that is so itching so badly to get back into the gym that he has quoted (laughs) an article that says, from Mintel, that says, going to the gym doesn't increase coronavirus risk. New study says. (laughs) So I open this fucking article and I read it and it's just about as, you know, first of all, it's written about at the level of this person's understanding the fifth grade um (laughs) and i get into this article and it just says i'm looking for the study i don't really care about the meat of what the article says i'm just looking for this study to to, because i want to go back to the gym too i want to feel comfortable yeah for sure so yeah i'm looking for this study and it, it literally just says a new study from Norway, however. Okay, so that's enough for, for you? Like, who did the study? <laughs> however, that, it's, it's from Norway. <laughs> it's, it's from Norway, so it must be right. Hang on. <laughs> they, those Nords, they, they have it yeah. all figured out. The Nords the be knowing. They, they be knowing. They be knowing Nords. <laughs> so I, I, my initial comment was on this person's post was that I was relieved until I considered the source of this. It's men's health. It's in the best interest of their advertisers that folks go back to the gym and things get back to normal. The conversation devolved from there, but I, I'm rooting for these assholes <laughs> to go ahead and follow all these studies and all these articles that are posted and you're not paying attention and you're not following the money and you're, you're just not using common sense. Like, go ahead, get, get that Rona. Go ahead, go ahead and catch it. Use your fucking head and think. Think about whose benefit these articles are and when they're when they're posting. Read behind the facts. Like think outside of what, what it is that you want to believe yourself. Like I, I even go back and I, you know, when there's something political, I'm like, okay, follow the money here. Like who's benefit, who's benefiting from this? And that's all I'm asking. Just go back to your fifth, sixth grade English classes and do some critical thinking. Because it's clear that, you know, like you can work out your body, but like your brain needs to be worked out too. So that's what I'm rooting for. for You know, I I feel a little slighted because I'm sitting here in my muscle tank top as I just left the gym earlier. And I'm not (laughs) specifically talking about you. Like I'm sure you're taking precautions and, and all of that. But um, I am just, it's not like you posted an article that is in, that holds up your 
position on going to the gym. You probably know it's a risk. You're doing all that you can, and you probably know it's unsafe. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like, you know, don't post a, something that says it's a study and pretend like, and then put other people, other people's lives in danger based on something that they're only going to moment, momentarily read the title of. And you haven't researched it yourself. You probably even haven't read the article and you're just going from a fucking headline. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I can see both ways. I think that we all look for things to justify any, our, any of our way of thinking. And sometimes we, we don't be right, but as long as we get one amen. Right, as long as you get one amen. And this this is a person who's extremely popular on Facebook, and we go at it all the time. Because I'm like, I'm not going to let you be here and sit your ass on my timeline and have me not challenge you on what it is that you believe. I don't care how popular you think you are. If you're an idiot, you're an idiot. Mm. Um, I just don't know that I have that much energy to give to people, especially on on social media. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're not a social media guy um, in general, but I have, not to say that you don't, but I have a passion for um, just conversation and like opening people's minds up and, well, and sometimes opening up if they're not opening to the I, well the it may it may it may not be them in particular but it could be somebody that they know that sees my comment and says huh like i see his point like this is men's health that wrote this article and maybe it is in their best interest that things get back to normal and that our advertisers you know keep spending more money so they don't go out of business and you so on and so forth you think that somebody will on somebody else's friend list will look at your comment and take your it, side over their friend? It has happened. There, there. I mean, I have friends of my own that you know I don't always agree with, and sometimes they, some other people get to them before they before I do. And sometimes I've looked at other people. I look at an argument where, where it's nuanced, and this happens actually more times than not where I'm looking at both sides of the argument and I end up agreeing with the friend of a friend. So I'm objective enough to say, hey, like, nah, friend, you dead ass wrong. Like, you're, you're, are, you this know. Is this, like, this is all like social media stuff? This isn't like, like real conversations? No, social media is real conversation. We got to keep in mind that behind every social media profile is an actual person. Yeah, but some of these people don't be real people with brains. Like some people, <laughs> that's, and that's what I'm saying. Some people put on just for social media, so you can't really take social media as a point of objectivity to what's where somebody's head is. That's and a that, lot of you times know, that's when true. You, when you when you play into people's social media personalities and you argue with them, you, when 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 an idiot argues with a smart person from far away, nobody knows the difference who is who. And so if you're arguing with an idiot, but you're smart, you're wasting your time. Sometimes you have to let people, you have to let people just be as dumb as they want to be. Like, I don't know that I have that much energy to, actually, I I said it to somebody this morning. It was a a guy who had on the Black Lives, I'm sorry, All Lives Matter shirt. He was a black guy. And, um, you know, I commented on it and he, he said, he went in my inbox, he said, I feel this way and this is why I feel this way and I, I can't really go into too much detail because I didn't care. Um, and I, t- I told him I don't have any energy anymore to have conversations with men, especially black men, 
about the difference between what happens when a black man gets killed at the hands of a black man and when a black man gets killed by the hands of a white man or a, per- a person in law enforcement. Yeah. And I don't ha- I can't explain any more further. I can't say anything else because yeah. my energy's not there. I've argued the case a million times. Sometimes you just got to let people believe what they believe and not and yeah, waste your energy. I'm a I'm a firm believer in letting people be stupid in peace. But not until I say my piece about it. And <laughs> my comment <laughs> my comment is more it's not even necessarily for him, this particular person, you know, that I whose post I commented on is for other people to be like, to, to make somebody else see this headline and then read my comment and then pause for a second. Because I don't believe that everybody that is his friend is, is equally as stupid. I do have faith left in humanity. I don't have much faith in this idiot. But um, I, I do think that he has some people that follow him that will read my comment. Because I, it almost got me like, oh, going to the gym doesn't increase coronavirus, new study says. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> but I'm then, then I'm like, wait. Like, whose benefit is it to say that? Like, who does it benefit for men's health to come out with this article? And, you know, it's a whole, men, it's a whole health magazine. You're, you're supporting a whole industry. Yeah. Which happens I mean, to be the gym. So they want people to go back to the gym in a fucking pandemic. And then this idiot goes on to say, since we're, you know, we're going to be here for a minute. Um, but nothing they said is wrong, or is it any data? We can already see what kind of intellect we're dealing with. Is it any data saying to the contrary? Then, I, you know, he's, he goes on to say, uh, they've been saying stay out of anywhere with a lot of people, but there is nothing saying that going to the gym since the virus has started increases the likelihood that you will catch the virus. Same studies show that the same thing about protests. I'm just not. That's not all the here. article is saying. <laughs> okay. So, so I, let's I already know. I yeah. <laughs> I just feel you feel way too strongly about other people's opinions about things that don't matter to you. No. No, nah, it's just I don't really want to talk about the rest of it. <laughs> we have an amazing show. Uh, India is going to be our entrepreneur of the week. Hey. Um, yeah, my homegirl. Uh, we used to work together. I'm so proud of her to see her doing big things. And she just recently celebrated her birthday. She was a part of the Fit 27 Club. And yeah, we got some topics to talk about. And yeah, it should be an interesting episode. So. All right, guys, welcome back. This is our Entrepreneur segment. Joining us in this episode is one of my personal friends, somebody who inspires me. We've worked together for quite a while, and her name is India. She is the founder and CEO of Simple Sips. India, how are you? I'm wonderful. I hope everybody's having a good day, making some money, feeling positive. Yeah, yeah, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you in three months, and you look great, as always. It's like... (laughs) The, the quarantine has been good to you. I see your abs are still flat. You still work on your workouts. Every day, India, I will be 27 in two more days. Big 27. <laughs> Happy early birthday. I'm over here. 
stressing out on the inside. <laughs> but um, I'm originally from North Carolina. I moved here with my job. You know, they moved me out here to the good city of Atlanta and it really inspired me and sparked my entrepreneurial spirit to see so many young black individuals like creating, thriving and doing so much. It made me realize like I was doing myself a disservice by continuing to work with somebody else when I can funnel full time into my passions and really create something that I enjoy versus going through other people's, or you know, you know how work life was for us. So Do I? <laughs> we had to deal with a lot of things that we wouldn't have to necessarily deal with if it was uh -huh. something we had full control over. Absolutely. So, I was previously a pre-med student and I, I dropped out. Yeah, so tell um, it's okay. So yes. that, was, a little that bit. was one of those pivotal moments of like, I was like, I don't think I want to do this for real. This might mm -hmm. be something that my parents want more for me than yeah. I want. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about like about how you went from pre-med student to starting a business and like, why did you start your company? Tell us a little bit about that backstory. Ooh, okay. So back to North Carolina, I went to um, the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. I was a pre-med kinesiology under major, um, biology major. And that was like what I was good at. In um, high school, I went to an early college. So I graduated high school with my associate's degree. So I was kind of, you know, ahead of the ball game. So when I entered college, like I was running full track. I was a first time college student, literally in junior and senior classes. Mm. Okay. Like crazy, Come through. crazy workload. And yeah, I went to an early college, but the transition mm. from like studying being so easy for me yep. and then going into college and like, okay, this is, this is a lot different. Like it, it's the same, but it's different. I had to put myself in like a second gear. And at that time I was working full time too. I've worked since I was 15. Mm -hmm. My first job ever was serving at a restaurant. So I've always been in the hospitality industry and I was working so much. And I remember waking up at 4.30 in the morning, going to my internship Oof. and going to class, then going to work. And it was just like day in, day out, day in, day out. And I'm like, I'm, I'm burning out. Like I feel myself like burning mm. out. And I was working at the Sheraton at the time and Cheesecake opened up in Greensboro. That was the first Cheesecake in like within two hours. Mm. Wow. So when that Cheesecake opened, when I tell you it was insane, it was insane. I got hired on the spot. I don't know how I got hired on the spot, <laughs> but I already had another job. Something just told me to go apply. I applied, got called the next day, started working there. As I'm working for Cheesecake, it's like so many things in my life that started happening. Like I'm becoming an adult and I'm realizing things that I want for myself. Like, I'm like, I'm not happy. And I could never pinpoint the, what's what's happening with me? Like, I'm supposed to be enjoying this. I'm supposed to be making great grades. At a point, I just said, forget it all. And literally dropped from a 3.9 to a 2.8. Wow. <laughs> and in my major, <laughs> you can't have below a C. So the so once one class. <laughs> What'd you say? Were you on scholarship? Um, I had I had a scholarship that ran for the first two years. Oh. But then it's still with um biology pre-med major, you still can't make under a C, just in general. Right. Or it's like it would it's no point. You're not gonna be able to take your MCAT, you're not gonna be doing anything. 
So my grades shot down, I got on academic probation, and my parents were like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I want to so do something other myself, than this. Right. I was like, it's got to be something better. So I like literally prayed so hard. I ended up losing one of my other jobs, and I was stressed out about that. And some was like, just be still for a moment. So I told my parents, I was like, I don't think I'm going back. And they were like, what? <laughs> you're not going I'm sorry, back. You're doing what? Excuse me? What else are you do? <laughs> I was like, no. And right after that, like, yeah, I had to learn some life lessons, but I thrived. Like, it, it did for me what college would have never done for me. It proved, I was able to prove to myself that I got this. I'm in charge of me. Anything that I want to happen will happen. When I left school, I've never been down and out. I've never not had a roof over my head. I'll, yeah, I've come, you know, we all go through things. Mm -hmm. But I've been extremely blessed. And I proved to myself that I can do anything that I put my mind to. I don't have to follow the path of, oh, you got to go to college. You got to create a certain amount of debt. And you got to work your life off in this job trying to pay off that debt. And in the economy that we're in, if I would have graduated school, I would never have time for life, especially with where we're at right now. I would be in a hospital 24 mm 7, -hmm. masked up 24 7, really unhappy. In your life. Right. So at the time, my boyfriend was like, You want to move to Atlanta? Because he's from here. And I was like, He was living in North Carolina. So I'm like, I'm never going to move to Atlanta. Literally, God would have to give me a sign. That's literally verbatim what I said. The next week at Cheesecake, my GM came to me. He said, Hey, we're opening up a Grand Lux in Atlanta. We want you to move you know we'll pay you to move <laughs> and you know who wants you to open up this restaurant a blessing i said what i was like okay everybody was like are you sure you want to move all the way to georgia like you have no family you don't you have no one there i said i think this is what i'm supposed to do like i think it's what i'm supposed to do fast forward grand lux i mean it was okay we had <laughs> we have some <laughs> We have <laughs> Jason was one of my highlights. Working. I appreciate that. I remember that. before this pandemic hit, every day me and Jason would see each other. We'd be like, "We're not going to be here much longer." Like, Absolutely. we're, we're going to have our business. <laughs> see. We didn't think the manifestation through all the way. Mm. We weren't choosy with our words, so we just you, said we weren't going to work, and lo and behold, you really <laughs> nobody have, was working. I, I'm learning. You really have to be specific about what you ask for. Very specific. You aim to manifest stuff. So speaking of, like, what? why did you start the business? Like The what, business. Yeah, what made you start? Knowing that I love bartending. Like, it's something that comes naturally to me. Like, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I do this. And I do love creating an environment for people. And in the environment where we worked at, I felt very stifled. Mm -hmm. I knew when I moved here that I wanted to do something for myself. I just never really had the courage to do it. Fear is a crazy thing. You talk yourself out of things a million times a day, even when you know that you could possibly be great at it. But working at Runlux, I realized like, we had people who weren't putting in half the work who were making crazy amounts of money. And it was like, mm -hmm. the um, and the amount of time that me and Jason spent at work, <laughs> the um, me and him had the most shifts. Mm -hmm. 
to a certain extent, the amount of time and effort that we put into building someone else's brand mm. really started to discourage me. And I realized like I woke up every day just dreading getting up because I knew oh, in a couple hours I gotta go to work. I literally woke up thinking about going to work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like how overwhelming is that? So working day in and day out and people are just like, very lackluster about it. When you come sit with me, I want you to have a great time. I want your drinks to be flowing. I want you to tell me about your life. I want you to leave like, I'm really in a good mood. Like this was a good decision to come here because she was good vibes. She gave me some clarity. You never know. Like I speak to people about all kinds of things. I could not do that there. The environment when you walked in was just very negative. It felt heavy and weighed down. So when I spoke in the universe that I wasn't gonna work, lo and behold, I never knew that I really wouldn't be working. <laughs> that as an opportunity to really start my bar business because I know I'm good at this. I know that it's something that I can flourish. So I started off piece by piece mm -hmm. to not overwhelm myself, but to kind of give myself the motivation like, you can do this. Like, buy a piece of something here, buy a piece of something there, see mm -hmm. how you feel about it. And the joy that I woke up with, like, oh my God, like, I got mm -hmm. something new coming. Like, I know I can do this. I got my LLC not too long ago, and I was like, Congratulations. Thank you. I that's was like, amazing. It's real. So, and that's what I was searching for. So like, tell me a little bit about your first customer and how that came about. So is it is it just like a mobile bar that you're doing? Yes, but I also am really trying to focus on the event side of bartending. Yes, okay. I'll definitely still be um, delivering, but I want Simple Sips to be an, an experience. So the more traction I get, the more I can offer people. I want to offer couple sessions. I have a portable bar that's on my own custom portable bar that's on the way. I've been waiting forever. So that way yeah. I can anybody's house set up an entire bar and literally full blown bartend. Nice. Pop-up shops, vendors, everything I'm willing to do. And I also want to create custom experiences for people. So part of being a mixologist is really anticipating and knowing what someone likes to drink, what would pair with how they want to drink. I can talk to you for a couple of minutes and I can probably figure out what you would like to drink or I can make something off the top of my head that I know you're going to enjoy. So let me ask, um, like what are the biggest challenges that you faced in your career such, so far as far as your business? Marketing and consistency. Mm -hmm are by far right now my biggest, biggest issues. One, you people tend to overthink and I catch myself thinking two years in advance when I should really just be thinking this minute mm -hmm. versus two years of what could possibly happen. So I end up stunning my growth because I'm like, oh, but what if I do this and this and this and this and I get caught up in the what ifs versus the what am I actually doing mm -hmm. day by day. And that's a really, the accountability is very hard when you're trying to start something out. And the marketing factor, you have to be, I'm learning to try to be on point every day. Like I want to have content where I can drop something every single day. And that's honestly where I'm still lacking right now in my business, having enough content to post every day, trying to remind myself like, you don't have to post something. You got to make just the drink randomly. Right and post something like you got to bring people around you got to be very aware so it's like it's a lot trying to be your yeah. boss it's a full-time job it, it is it's a full-time <laughs> and beyond because yeah. 
you and you're by yourself. Um, I'm blessed yeah. enough to have a partner, but I mean, we we are hands on in every single aspect from social media to to technical to engineering mm -hmm. to equipment. Like we do everything. So I, I feel what you're saying when you're an entrepreneur, especially at that first level. You're like. Right. This you had to eat, breathe, drink, and sleep. This shit really all wake the time. up and think about it, and anticipate yeah. what people may want in the future. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have yeah. to watch what people are talking about. Like, it's really a full time job. You got to be on social media all the time. Like, okay, what are they yeah. talking about? What's really interesting to them? Like, what's worth me talking about? What's not worth me talking about? Like, I think mm -hmm. every day, like, what should I post? Should I do this? Should I do that? And you know. It's so, I have so many other avenues of things that I want to do. I just overwhelm myself sometimes. I think taking a step back, breathing, and doing one thing at a time is the major difference between really getting your business off the ground and just walking in circles. Yeah. Because yep. for the first month, I, I think I was walking in like <laughs> circles. It's hard. It is hard. But social but media but is still it. something I'm not great at. I don't even like posting on my social media. Mm -hmm. I'm the same much. exact way. I'm the same exact way. You know what? Like I'll post on my story, but as far as like that's picture, it. Picture since the day we dropped the podcast, and then before that, it had been a couple months. It really had. I was like, is Jason okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see the dogs every now and again. <laughs> Look, I gained some quarantine weight. I was like, let me just, let me lay low until I get back in the gym. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem posting on my own page, but then, like you were just talking about, when it comes to business, it's like, we're still trying to find our voice. Um, and I know who we are. I know who Jason is individually as people, but it's like, who are we both together as a team? And then what do we want to say as a collective? And... I don't know. I think you might just have to be pouring yourself up some drinks. <laughs> or maybe maybe it's maybe it's for you that you set, you know, maybe Wednesday and Monday and Wednesday, I'm gonna make a happy hour drink or you we're gonna do virtual happy hour. That's really you know what? Yeah. I have to do that. I'm really excited because when my bar gets here, I have my tripod, I have my light. I really want to start setting up my tripod, putting it in the corner and really standing behind my bar and making, you know, some small videos. And if you write content on what I want to show people is so important because there's a million and one bartenders in this mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And a lot of them take some nice pictures. Yeah. But I know yeah. for a fact, not everyone offers what I offer. So it's also really difficult trying to figure out how do I stand out? What's my niche? And what can I bring to people that they haven't seen mm -hmm. with everyone else? Mm -hmm. How do I make myself stand out? I think I might be stuck there too. Like, how do I really stand out from the crowd? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Without blending in and without being too gimmicky. Because yeah. I'm real to a core, so I don't want to ever be too much. Yeah, right? be something that you're not. Right. But simple sips in any event setting, I know it would take one event and it, people are going to go crazy. There's some things happening in August. So if coronavirus, you know, I don't know what she going to do. Is she going to stay or leave? But hopefully she Ooh. just chill out a little bit. I don't know. Lord willing, I'll be able to talk 
So we talked about like your greatest challenges so far. Can you tell us a little about like your greatest triumph so far? Like the the things that's kind of stuck out to you. It's like, ah, I did it. Like, what are those things for you? My greatest triumphs. One, my LLC. Yes, that's big. That's big. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. I thought it was gonna be like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Working on this. But they approved it. And I was like, okay. My first two customers in general, I was like, oh wow, okay. This is really great. And then my most exciting, creating my own logo, printed labels and business cards because I previously paid money for a logo and I just was not happy with it. Like, I just was not happy. I'm like, I'm just paying the money for this and I feel like I'm getting stuck because I was focusing so much on having this logo done that I was not progressing anymore in my business. It was like I was literally stuck and I it's like I couldn't even pick up a bottle of alcohol because I was like, my logo not there. <laughs> okay. I'm not even about to drink right now until this logo gets done. Right. I'm not so I completely just buckled down and like went online and I did it myself. And when I printed it out, I was like, girl, <laughs> if you don't quit asking people for help, because it's really true. If you wait on people, you're going to be waiting a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You're really going to be waiting. Yeah, speaking speaking of the the weight game, like we wait so long to move on to like different phases of our company. So like, what's next to for your for uh, your company? Like what's what's going on next, especially in, in in the coronavirus, you know, theme of things. Yes, in coronavirus land. Um, honestly, I have a couple of other ventures that I'm going into as well. So, you know, I'm all around entrepreneur. I got ADHD, so I love doing things. So I've been making wigs. I model too from time to time. So I'm trying to really work back on, you know, doing some editorial things and waiting until about August. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of events coming up in August that um, like pop-up shops, vendors and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that'll be a good move. Like a couple of pop-up shops, vendors, I could make great revenue, pass out business cards while I'm there. Right. And that could really get the ball rolling. So that way people can be like, hey, you know, I'm having an event, would you do this? I'm also signed up for Gig Salad and Thumbtack on business, anything. If you have a babysitting business, if there's something that you have to sell, I would always recommend people sign up for that as well. Mm -hmm. Because you find people who are needing your services throughout Atlanta. And I mean, it pays per hour. They tell you exactly what they want. If they like you, then they'll book you. And I've had a couple of little things. Before I do any more major events, I want my customized bar to get here because I want you to know when I step in that it's simple sips and that this is a professional event. Cause I eventually want to bring in more bartenders. I want people that I know are like really good at this to do events for me because I can't be a one man show at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. I need men, I need male bartenders, I need female bartenders, I need an entire aesthetic for what I'm going for. So that way you know a part of the brand, if I send one of my bartenders out, it's gonna be a flawless evening. Yeah. It's kind so of those are the overall copy paste. Dope. Stressful. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so the very, very last question. Um, how can our audience reach you? Or how can anybody reach you? Okay. As far as, uh, social media, email. So social media, you can reach me at Simple Sips Bar. If you just type it in like that, the only name that I've really seen that says that, so I'm really going to be the first and only name. You can pop up. As soon as you click on that, you'll see my logo. Attached is an email. Attached is the, my um, phone number, my business phone number that I use. Also, it's a couple of pictures, a couple of drinks that I've done. But also, like, once you hit that number, you tell me what you want, and I definitely can make it happen. There's The sky is the limit when it comes to bartending that I do. The drinks are the limit. I know pretty much every drink to be pretty much mm -hmm. almost every drink that can be made okay we're gonna test that out you can definitely test that out i'm i <laughs> i bartended so many places and made so many drinks it's ridiculous mm -hmm. the knowledge is definitely there i can bartend any crowd and i mean any crowd doesn't right. matter and that's what i want simple sips to be i don't right. want one demographic any crowd okay. wedding a gala the White House with the new president, you know. Right. Okay. Anything. Not the current okay? one. Okay. <laughs> the new president. Yeah, with the new president. Can't do it right now. Right. Other than that, I'm really, really happy for you and I'm so proud of you. Uh, you've always been one of the hardest workers. And, you know, I, I, you motivate me. You know, a lot of people look up to you. And I'm really glad to see that you're doing good. Thank you. I'm proud of you. I knew this was going to take off for you. But this is this is nice. Like you've gotten some traction with the podcast, and it's been crazy to see. Like this has been a really amazing. Like you really got traction. Most people yeah. don't get this kind of like first wave, and it's really great to see. So that that means y'all are really going in like a dope direction. That's yeah. a for both of us. I mean the the support that we've gotten is is amazing. So thank you for listening. But we yeah. everybody that's thank been so much. Whew, I'm, I'm well, thank you for featuring me. This is great for me and my business as well. Like we, we, I, I don't. Jason probably feels the same way, but I expect. I love two things. I love seeing female entrepreneurs on, and then I love any full-time entrepreneur, especially that you're younger than I am. Like you're the baby right now, um, and you're doing this fucking full-time. And that's dope. That is my dream. That is both of our dreams to not have to report to some white man. Um, exactly. It's really, it's, it's nerve. No, I'm not going to lie. But God made a way somehow. I said, this is what I wanted. So this is what I got to get. Like, I've really been, honestly, this is probably the most I've smiled. So thanks, guys. Like, in a couple of days, like I've been feeling like this unreal pressure because my birthday is on Thursday. I don't know. I've, it's been like a wait. It's like, what are you doing with your life? Like, what where we turning? What's going on? I have to remind myself to breathe. Yeah, I feel young, and I'm actually doing a lot of things that people like really want to be doing, and I'm still you're ahead of roof over my head, a car to drive. Like it's like okay, I owe it to myself to make this work. But seeing as I have so many other friend groups that are entrepreneurs and are working on it, why wouldn't I do it? My best friend. Her name is Kanae, and she is the person who inspired me. Mm -hmm. She's been a full-time entrepreneur since we were in college. 
never had to work. She's been, she has her own clothing line. I'm gonna shout her out real quick. Clothing line is DCO Clothing, Dry Clean Only. That's the official name of it. All right. So, first off, um, we gotta do a big, not not even a shout out, um, an RIP to civil rights giants, John Lewis and Reverend C.T. Vivian. Um, we are losing our icons. I'm not gonna go into a whole history moment about their uh, lives and their um, their sort of, what, they, what they've given to the world. Y'all can research that for yourself because we would be here all day long talking about these two people. Um, I will say that I've, I've personally met uh, Representative John Lewis on several, several occasions, and he's come to Howard to speak to us. Um, I've sung behind him in Howard Chapel Choir, and he was, he was just an awesome person outside of being um, a representative. I didn't know uh, C.T. Vivian that well, but I'm definitely going to do my own research on him. Um, and yeah, like, rest in peace. I know they, they've gotten their crowns today. Rest in peace again. They were civil rights leaders, and um, John Lewis. He was a Miss Georgia's congressional fifth district representative. So huge rest in peace to him. He was actually born in Troy, Alabama, which is right up the street from my alma mater. So, and he was a Howard alum as well. Yeah, that's why that in there. Now you Howard niggas do (laughs) (laughs) always. But yes, huge rest in peace to them. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Atlanta for a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where, where, how do we start this off? Like, So, uh, man, so Keisha Lance Bottoms, Atlanta's mayor, has been fighting with the governor um, over her decision to create a mask mandate. Um, and yeah, I think it's necessary, but um, I'll let you you go because I have some thoughts on it um, about what you what you think about it. Well, I, I think that the mask mandate should be taken into consideration, uh, but to to go beyond that, uh, it turns out that Governor Kemp is suing Mayor Bottoms, right? Because she made this mask. I, I just don't understand, even in the midst of a pandemic, like, white supremacists just don't care to be as racist as they want to be. Yeah. It's like, you can't turn down the racism for a A little bit. Yeah, slightly. Like, <laughs> you can we have light racism today? Yeah. He, he's really, I, I see this on, like, a couple of different fronts. Kemp is mad that a black woman is in charge of the largest city in the state of Georgia, but there's always been black mayorship of Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, or for the most part, to or since like eight, the 18 somethings, yeah. or maybe not even that, I need to do my history on that or do my research on that, but it's been black leadership in Atlanta for a long, long time. From So my point of contention, and this is a, a nuanced uh, sort of disagreement that I have, So as long as this pandemic has been going on, I find it odd that 
she would place a mask mandate now versus back in March, back in February, when this all first started. It really seems petty to me. Um, we know how government works. We know that, you know, it is well within Kemp's power to override anything that Keisha Lance Bottom says. And I feel like this mask mandate, although I agree with it wholeheartedly, has come to like it has come too late. And it just came down like one day after she announced that she had coronavirus. So it sounds a lot like, oh, now it's personally affecting me. So let me go and do this mask mandate. And it just seems very reactionary. Like I said, I agree with it. I'm not saying that I disagree with her decision to create a mandate, um, but it should have came a long time ago. Okay, but better late than never, right? Better late than never, but it, my, my whole point is that it gets, I, did, I never wanted this mandate, like this mandate that, she had, that she's doing should never have been, she should never have given it room to look like she's playing politics. But, and that's the only thing I'm saying. It's, it's a real nuanced point that I'm making. So, so you know, we don't but, have to stay on this forever. We are, if, the, if the goal is to contain the virus and stop mm-hmm. the spread of the virus, then why not implement it at some time ever? Why like, not Why not implement it when it started it? If you are like, okay, we've lost this many lives, so let's not do anything and let's just not make a mask mandate so people can pick and choose whether they spread it or they don't spread it, they, they get it or they don't get it. So let's just keep on losing lives is the alternative to saying, let's just make a mask mandate. And I no. think that that's completely unfair for you to say like, well, she shouldn't be doing it for politics, but what if, what if the mask mandate saves more lives? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that I, like, like I just said a few seconds ago, I completely agree that there should be a mask mandate in the city and in the state for that matter, but both should have come at the start but why are you worried about the virus? But if, it, if we have to look is, at the timing of it, time is minuscule to the fact that, like, okay, if I can stop people from losing lives from from this point on, then let me do what I have to do to make that happen. I think people spend so much time looking at the smaller things, which is the like that doesn't mean anything. But what what's going on from here? Can yeah. we prevent more lives from here? You worried about what happened back then. But that happens. But we have to worry about how we prevent more from from dying. Yeah. So like sitting here and Harper, like, oh, she should have did it a long time ago. Okay, but what can you do about a long time ago? Yeah, I I just think that it for me personally, and people have you know the the discuss the the discussion about her leadership does not. Um, it's not brand new with me. Like people have been talking about her reticence to uh, support the defund police movement and her sort of infantilization of black folks in the whole protest. And this is just another, you know, just another point that I'm looking at with this side. Of, like I, su- I support which, like I said, I, su- I su- wholeheartedly support what she's doing with um, regard to the mask, like it absolutely should be. But you don't something... support it because you said that she should have did a long time ago. If no, I do. Wholeheartedly support her. Then you don't worry about like other stuff. You can't say I wholeheartedly, but because there's no no, but I can't wholeheartedly. There's I can't because no that because but 
cancels out everything you said before. It doesn't. You can't um, say, I, lo- I love you, but. Okay, how, how about this? I wholeheartedly support her and may, perhaps in the future, she should examine the timing of these edicts and mandates so it doesn't, because I'm a, I'm a big person about appearances, especially in politics. Um, don't let your evil be well uh, ill-spoken of. So if if this was something like she knew how serious this what this was months ago, um, I'm just saying it should have it should have come back then instead of having the appearance that it looks like you know this is something reactionary to her own personal circumstances. So a couple of reality stars went down to Louisville to protest the arrest. Oh, I'm sorry to protest the killing of Breonna Taylor. They wanted the officers to be arrested, as we all still do. Um, two of those reality stars include Portia Williams and Yandy Smith. Both of them were arrested, and now they both face felony charges for the protest. This is a, this is a deep story. Yeah. Um, so, but I am overall happy to see reality TV stars using their platforms for more than what they've been doing in the past. Uh, I think for the longest. We are only used to seeing our reality TV stars work on music that's never released and uh, fighting <laughs> in restaurants yeah. and so, promoting flat tummy tees. In particular, so, Portia Williams is facing felony charges for her part in the protest. And I believe this is the same. Um, these, pro- these charges are being uh, led by Attorney General Daniel Cameron, who we spoke about uh I think a couple episodes ago, the Kunas Attorney General in, I believe, Kentucky. Um, and I think those charges are being dropped. But this particular protest happened outside of his house. And um, yeah, he was mad about it. Yeah, as it should have. And he was a little bit mad about it. But um, she, I mean, he had no reason, really. She, they had no reason to, reason to arrest her. So... Um, those charges are going to be dropped, but we'll get to him a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but kudos, especially someone on the, the platform as Portia, she, she was always the blonde one of the show. Yeah, she act, Portia actually comes from a family of civil rights activists. I can't remember exactly who it is that her family is connected to. Hosea Williams. Yes. Yeah, the street yeah, so it, she comes from that. And I don't know if what she's been doing on Housewives has been an act. Um, you know, that's very interesting. That's because very interesting. It, she can't possibly, like, see, I remember on like a few years back on uh, the Housewives, she thought the Underground Railroad was an actual railroad. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't be that stupid. <laughs> Especially if that is, that's actually a really good point. Right, and I'm like, you can't be from this huge civil rights family and then show such huge, huge ignorance about the the Underground Railroad. So I, I don't know. I think that was, if it was an act that was really, you know, it wasn't even like do better, like <laughs> convince us that you're an idiot. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't we, we know a valiant you. effort. Yeah, we know you're not that stupid. 
Yeah. Risk putting it all out there because I don't know. Yeah. He, like, that's a belly, belly charge. Like five years. Know, I hope it's not just for TV because I could see Andy or Mona Scott taking this and taking cameras down there and being like, oh, we need this as a whole. You know? And I hope it's not that because that just takes away from all of it. And I know that like people are using these moments to mm-hmm. build their platforms and I hope it's not that. Yeah. Um, you know, on either side, like whether she was really that stupid back in, you know, in the past or whether this is an act now, it is an act. She's definitely feeling the brunt of it. Um, so I hope for that, you know, for that part of it, you know, she's not acting out and catching charges. <laughs> but um, everybody, I feel like this, everybody is, um, not everybody, but these folks are black people at the end of the day. Um, so hopefully, no matter where you are in terms of your degree, so to speak, of wokeness, like this, this affects you too. And I hope that celebrities and the like are starting to wake up now and uh, really are showing like you know earnest support for the movement. So kudos to Portia and uh, fight on, and hopefully these charges disappear into thin air because she does not deserve to face any sir, any any further uh, trouble over this bullshit. So Netflix, I mean, I'm sorry, Monique is suing Netflix for racial and, and gender bias. Mm-hmm. And apparently Netflix has motioned to dismiss uh, Monique's lawsuit before and it was denied. And some judge has denied a second motion. So it looks like her lawsuit will go through and we'll see the light of day which is really good yeah. um, so because this is important because it sets a precedent in the future for people to be able to sue large corporations but this is why elections are important because there was an earlier lawsuit that um, Byron Allen Byron Allen is a billionaire who bought the Weather Channel and he was suing Comcast for racial discrimination and the, the Supreme Court lawsuit came out in support of Comcast, who, which makes suing for racial discrimination harder because you have to prove without a shadow of a doubt that, uh, that it was based on race. So I don't know how far, based on the Supreme Court ruling, Monique's lawsuit will get, but I hope she, for the culture, like I hope she is able to recoup what she feels like is reasonable for her. Because I do feel like I was on another side when this all began. Like I really felt like Monique was reaching a little bit, but now, um, now, now I kind of understand. Like she didn't do all the things that I would have done necessarily. Like I I don't think I would have gone about it in the brash rash way that she did mm-hmm. but um i i understand now like the the money that she was getting compared to some of these other people like amy schumer who isn't even that funny doesn't have on these resume um and you know I, I get that it's not really based on so much on resumes it's, it's about how many assets that you put in seats but yeah. Yeah. um when you consider her cumulative career and her star power. Like, of course I'm gonna watch a Monique special. 
if it comes out on on, on Netflix, and so will millions of other people. Um, and five hundred thousand dollars for a person of that magnitude, like nothing below a million, like I don't understand. But um, this, this is this is what I never understood about it. You can either do a deal with us, or we can just not offer you a deal if you just don't do anything. But you can't sue me for what I'm offering you because I have to I have to pay you to work. And if you don't like the offer, then you're free to walk away. But mm, I, I hear what you're saying, but this is the thing about that. So if you find, like, say you're going to apply for a job and you obviously we're both black men, you're going to apply for a job, let's pretend I'm a white man and I apply for the same position, I get the position and I'm offered $75,000 then you turn around with the same qualifications and more, and you get the position, you get an offer for the position for $65,000. There's clearly discrimination going on. And I'm not saying that I'm 100% right about this because like I said previously, I was on the fence. Um, but now having like, we kind of reevaluated where I stood on it and the thought and you know, the, just the whole, like all that, that goes into this, it seems a little bit fishy on the part of Netflix. Can you name like any other female comic that has been on Netflix and has gotten like a multi-million dollar deal on the on par with like Amy Schumer and some of these other male comics? Like I can't think of one. I don't know the specifics, but I do know uh, Tiffany Haddish had at least a special there. I'm not sure how much she got paid. Yeah. Wanda Sykes had the same kind of situation going on with the cat that she was kind of lowballing on her deal. Exactly. But I, I get it. But even back to your point with the me in a position with the white man, like is, is it is it my responsibility to sue a company because they didn't offer me that much? It's not necessarily your responsibility. Like we can't really because make it I, about all responsibility. That is, all that I can do. No, it's not all you can do. Like that that that's why Monique is, is suing. Like if you wanted to pursue a lawsuit and you could prove um disparate treatment uh with regard to an offer, you could absolutely sue. It doesn't mean that you it doesn't always mean that because you don't like something, you have to, you know, walk away from it. You can absolutely walk away from it and not put any more energy into it. But um I think that's my lifestyle anyway. Like when I'm ready to walk yeah. away from stuff, then I don't give it any more yeah and i think a lot of people end up stressing themselves out over things that they you, it's easy to just walk away from there's there's something to that and i i feel like we can um there, there's a time and place for both things i feel like had people in the past like you know rolled apart that she just like moved to the front of the bus or moved to the back of the bus like they wanted her to do like that's the situation she could have walked away from but she chose to stand up for justice this is monique's feeling that she is standing up for justice I'm and I'm, I'm not i'm no no, no no hold up hold up hold up i'm not saying but i'm not saying that i'm saying that this is her view i'm saying that this is her viewpoint that she is standing up for something that is larger than herself this is her i'm not saying this is my viewpoint i'm saying that this is her viewpoint that she is standing up for something culturally that is larger than herself 
and she's entitled to that. And it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. It's definitely apples to oranges. It's, It's a seat on the bus that you paid for and an entertainment deal that you don't have a right to. Okay, so let's compare apples apples to apples. Moms Mabley, Monique. Moms Mabley was a female comic back in the day who, you know, suffered much worse discrimination than Monique is alleging that she has suffered from. So that's apples to apples. Had there not been a Moms Mabley who had fought for justice and, you know, gone through the things that she went through, there would be no Black female comics. So there are certain things, there are certain bumps and bruises that I feel like each generation has to take so that we can have, you know, we can make further and further and further strides. And I feel like these but are the you same. Said that. You just literally just brought somebody up in history and was like, oh, they did this and that's why this is great. But that doesn't really compare. That's not the apple to the apple. How is it not apples to apples? Because you just said, oh, this lady did this and she did something historic. But that's not the same thing as Monique taking, not taking a deal that was offered to her. It doesn't have to be an exact, you know, equal no, comparison. No, if you're going to say it's apples to apples, then I need to see the apple. That's the apple. Like, you can't be like, oh, it's it's the same thing, but it's not the same thing. I'm not, I never said it. I never said it was the same thing, though. If it was going to be relative, then just let it be relative. In, in the it's sense... It's apple to an apple. That's... Those are that's like an apple and a peach. <laughs> in in the sense that they're they are both fighting for certain civil rights and certain rights to be treated equal, they or or better than equal, then then it's apples to apples. Like n- nothing is ever going to be the exact same circumstance. So like I, I don't know. Like like I was saying before, like I'm not I'm more more on the side of Monique now than I was before, but the way she was sort of presenting the whole case for me when this all began, like, was, it had my eyebrow raised. The but deep, I'm, it, I'm it rooting for more. Kind of so, it seemed kind of self-serving. Back then, the way she, yeah, the way she presented it back then, like, because everybody was like, girl, 500,000? Like, we're, we're coming from, we were, back then, we were coming from a place of, um, like what the average person makes per year. Like average person out here is making 50,000 a year. And you're like, you girl, like 500,000? Like, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. That's, that's, that's rich people problem. Yeah, it's rich like, we, we saw it as rich people problem. That was rich people's problem. Exactly. That didn't, it didn't relate it did. to a level of, nigga, we work every day. You are, you're being, you're being offered a deal that mm. we're not gonna make in the next three years. Or 10. Or 10. Yeah. So you're bringing your rich nigga problems to our broke nigga shit? Yeah. And that's that's Man. why it didn't. And then you gonna tell us to cancel our fucking Netflix bit? We ain't doing that because we all share Netflix. Like, I ain't got nobody on my Netflix right now. But I'm, I am literally, we're recording this podcast from somebody else's Zoom. This, this is the way we work. <laughs> <laughs> And we don't even pay for fucking Zoom. <laughs> That's what we do. So Monique, like that, it yeah, just showed it was, how out of touch she was yeah, when was, she made the actual ask. Yeah, it felt self-serving, whether that was her intent or not. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. optics of it was that it was self-serving. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the t- the timing. It was like two thousand. 
maybe 16 or 17, we were still really dealing with injustice with police brutality. I want to say this is around the time um, Eric Garner got killed and we were just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is like, like right now, sit down somewhere. Girl, you want to talk about your $500,000 check when we're battling police brutality, bitch? Right. Auntie, chill out. And he push you out. My babies, I love you. My, Girl, my but Auntie, no. I love like, us for real. <laughs> no, we're not. Well, that's not what we talk about. Like, at the time, Netflix was the only joy, the only sort of, I don't know, peace that we had is that we could log into our homie and them's account yeah, <laughs> and yeah, got, sit back and watch a movie. I, I got my exes in my bedroom and I have my roommates in my living room. I don't even pay for Netflix, but I can watch anything on it. Right. In any room that I want to. <laughs> um. So yeah, like I really felt feel like she should have, um, eh, I don't even want to say that. Like, cause everybody, people don't agree with the way that I do things. So everybody has their own way of, you know, getting what they feel is their due. But is it the way that I would have done it? No, she's entitled to feel how she feels about it. Um, I don't, I I don't know, wins. just, I hope, I hope she wins. I wanna see, I wanna see Auntie Monique in the winner's circle now, because it, a lot of the stuff that she was saying way back then is starting to come to fruition where people can see kind of how, Shady Oprah is in the mm. way, and kind of, kind of like Tyler Perry is kind of. I mean, although he does great things for the community, mm-hmm. inside for those shitty ass wigs, um, in those half written storylines, uh, yeah, those things, those things <laughs> that he that he's so proud that he doesn't have a writer's room for. It. Mm-hmm. We know, Tyler. We know that you don't have a writer's room. We can tell. We know. There's no secret. <laughs> every movie that's the same um, somebody's gonna catch AIDS and somebody's gonna be a cheating husband right the light skinned person is always gonna be the protagonist the dark skinned man is always gonna be the antagonist that your light skinned female characters wanna get AIDS from so on and so forth we, we, we already know mm-hmm. Tyler but we're proud of you like in your 300 acres I just pray we on a completely different subject but <laughs> I mean, um, I, I, I mean, I, I, I acknowledge his, him and his accomplishments. I acknowledge his hustle. He hustled yeah. the shit out of that. Yeah, and he's a billionaire, and I'm not, so like it's hard for me to judge him. But I do appreciate everything that he's done, and um, yeah, I, it's just gonna be hard to pull me to a movie theater to watch another movie. No, ever, or or even not even a movie theater, like to click on my remote and like scroll to one of his horribly made ass movies like Tyler Perry has no reason to ever make another shitty movie again like ever you have the funds you have the access to you know Hollywood at your fingertips if you have access to writers and and it's a disservice to him to not have a writer's room because there are so many talented writers, especially in Atlanta. There's so many talented black writers around the country that you you literally you you rob them of giving them a chance to make your, your movies better. Yeah. Like there, there's so many imaginations and you're limiting yourself to just your imagination to when if you just give a couple people a chance, this movie would have had better hair. Yeah. 
At least. At least. At the very, <laughs> we're in Atlanta. We're in black-ass Atlanta. You mean to tell me you, you can find one person that makes a lace front that would have made those characters better mm-hmm. in the yeah. movies that you have done? Thank not you one? access to so many people. And then the studio's not in, you know, a white portion of the town. It's, the, it's in Atlanta, Atlanta. It's in the black part of Atlanta. So you got, yeah. you got some niggas out here that you can get on it. Not niggas. You got some people that are resources to make your product better. Yeah, what it what it feels like for me, because um, I've been here. I remember or been in that sort of um, frame of mind where you are. I remember in, in college, I was you know leading a group to design a project that I, I was competing against older folks in my school for a spot to go represent Howard or architecture school nationally. I end up winning but you don't in those creative positions you have this baby that you're trying to craft and create and you don't want to let anybody in on the vision that you are like kind of spoil the the vision but it's it's hurting yourself in the process because what if one of these people God has sent you to make what you you know thought you could do even better so it would be like somebody, like a, you know, a really crazy content producer coming to us saying like, hey, like your show is great, but I want to take you guys to the next level. And then us being like, eh, nah, we got it. We're going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here on my plastic um, fold up table and <laughs> Jason's going to stay in his dining room and we, we good. From <laughs> <laughs> the beginning. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's. That's that's the equivalency on a on on a billionaire level. Um, Tyler Perry could literally be Steven Spielberg. Like he had, like he already has a studio lot size bigger than Warner Brothers and all of them. But he could like stratus, you know, he could you know catapult the culture into a just a whole different dimension. Um, but I, I don't know. I just hope whatever insecurity he's dealing with gets worked out. Um, I would love for us to like, perhaps work with him one day. Like I could see us one day being in one of those studios and doing some stuff, but it's going to take like him giving up some, like letting the culture do what it does, which is create. Yeah. 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 Like you, we could actually use, like, I think Tyler Perry would be a force to be reckoned with if it like kind of dealt with the actual culture and not like this watered down 1960s version of what black life used to be. Right. And black family used to be. Um, yeah. Because everything is very kind of like when I think about Tyler Perry, I think it's very Southern, very traditional, very kind of backbiting, but like we're more than that. And I think Tyler Perry is one of those people that kind of make us seem kind of monolithic. Yeah, he definitely pushes stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not changed. Yeah, speaking of um, sort of ownership and content creation, um, Nick Cannon has been fired from his show Loud and Out, or Loud and Out, I don't know why I put a G on that. But um, yeah, like I, I don't necessarily want to talk so much about what was said because I don't fully understand. I saw some clips of what he said. I don't want to repeat any of it. Um, I just, because I, I feel like it is white hot 
Um, I don't think any of what he said should have been said out loud or never, you know, not even much less recorded. I, I feel like this sort of Hotepian anti-Semitic stuff that people are pushing now is bullshit and it delegitimizes or almost delegitimizes our movement because that's not what we're about. Um, but I don't want to go too deep into that. I want to talk about this from a standpoint, you may have a differing, I'm sure you have a differing opinion, but I want to talk about this from the standpoint of ownership. So we just talked about Tyler Perry and how he owns 300 acres in Atlanta. And it's amazing to me how after all these years, how many years has it been of him doing Wild Now? At least 10, right? Oh, at least 10. Yeah, at least 10 years. How do you, and all these millions, all these millions of dollars that he has made from that show and other things that he's done, it's like, okay, how, if you can't own the rights to that particular show, like, how is it that you don't have your own studio or can, you know, work with somebody that does have their own studio? You can be producing and owning your own content. Yeah. We go, we talk about R&B artists and rappers and all these people um, owning their own shit all the time. And that should apply, it should absolutely apply to Black content creators. Um, because there would be no body to fire a Nick Cannon if he owned his stuff. And there would be a mass exodus of, you know, black folks anyway, leaving MTV, because that's all in VH1, whatever platform that show aired on, because that was what was holding them up from a black cultural standpoint anyway. Um, but I just feel like anything we do, creative-wise, that's being consumed by the masses, we need to own. And this is the biggest, uh, well, not the biggest. This is one example of many that where this is played out like this. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you at all. I do. I don't disagree with you at all. I, I do think that on the level that the candidate was on the show and everything, I, I wonder if there's a reason why he doesn't. I don't know. Like, is I, it, like, is, like because we know that he's not dumb. No, absolutely not. Nick Cannon is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are many reasons, and I, I'm not saying that Nick hasn't um, explored ownership. Um, I just, I just don't know. I don't know enough about you know that whole piece, and I, I would love for somebody to comment or inbox us and let us know if, they, if you got the nitty gritty on like what's going on with them or him regarding ownership in this show. Cause I'm really, I'm really curious about that. Nick is one of, Nick is a multi-millionaire. I'm not concerned about the boycott. I'm not concerned about him even losing the show because it's had a great run. Most shows only been last that long, a fraction of the time. It has had a great run, and it's given so many people. Confusion. Yes, it's um, given so many people like bigger platforms like that. That show has been monumental in so many ways. Absolutely. Um. It's, it's been amazing, but I, I just want us to, you know, as is the the kind of moral, <laughs> the underlying um, point of our show is own black ownership. You own all your shit. The name of this segment is called With Your Stupid, stupid ass. ass. 
In this segment, we give credit to those who don't have a problem showing how utterly stupid they are this week. Yeah, so in this uh, week's With Your Stupid Ass, we got Tory Lanez and Kentucky Attorney General uh, Daniel Cameron. Oh, we got two for the price of one. We got two for, we got a two for one special. So yeah, so I think as we all know at this point, Tory Lanez has been accused of shooting uh, Megan Thee Stallion. Um, in a little quote that I have, detectives are seeking information regarding the shooting involving Daystar Peterson. God damn, what a name. And the investigation is still going. I'm privileged, I'm not privileged to, to what the detectives have right now, the spokesperson said. Police would not say whether Lanez is suspect, is a suspect. On Saturday night, Megan, 25 years old, shared that she was hanging out with Kylie Jenner and Lane, 27, in the pool just hours before police responded to shots fired call outside of a Hollywood Hills home at around 4.30 a.m. Lane was arrested and is expected in court on October 13th. Mm. And yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he found a, a high chair somewhere to sit his ass down in and um, it was like 5'4". Yeah, somebody gave him a popsicle, a popsicle, as a, as a little baby's call it, um, to put in his mouth. Because you clearly clearly acting up. Like, what the fuck would you shoot Megan Thee Stallion for? Like, why, do you, why would that thought even cross your mind? So, I, I, you know, I don't have too much more to say about you, you know, as, as uh, Jay Maurice would put it, I don't have any more energy to give you. Because we got to move on to the your your co uh, you know your co chair of this week's with your stupid ass Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron for your coon ass and prosecuting Portia Williams protesting outside your house like goddamn like how like what are you trying to prove, Mister Cameron? Are you trying to prove to your you know, your your bridal party. And for all our listeners, you can go look up who I'm talking about um, and, and who his bridal party was. Who, what are you trying to prove? I, I really feel like at 34, you made it to um, to be a, the attorney general one way. And we can clearly see what, see what that way is. And our listeners already know how you did that. So kudos to you and all you do. And we dedicate this week's with your stupid ass to you. With your stupid ass. Sorry, I'm really making a lot of editing for you to do. I do. I had a hard time believing it at first, but... um, Like purposely, do you think he shot on purpose? I do. I think from the other things, excuse me, from the other things that I was reading, um, it seems that like they had an entanglement and... (laughs) <laughs> they had like some sort of <laughs> falling out and I, I don't I don't know like I think from what I read and this is where this is a part of the, the reason I don't like getting into like pop culture discussions and hearsay shit because you know I like my shit to be factual mm-hmm. um, but from all the things that have been put out in public and from the things that have not been said by Megan Thee Stallion. I feel like she was in some sort of compromising position or has been compromised and, you know, wanted to say no to something that was that was going on and Tori may have, may have had a problem with it. Maybe they got into a fight. I don't know. 
Um, but it's it's interesting that she hasn't said more than, than she said right now. Mm. You know, kind of bringing how she got shot, you know, making it make sense for all of us. Because I, when I first heard it, I was like, well, how? Why? Like, what's going on? Yeah, it just doesn't, like, it, nothing adds up. Nothing adds up. Nothing is making sense. So I'm like, I'm looking at this with, like, a degree of suspicion inside. Not that I'm victim blaming or any of that, because um, people are making jokes about it, and I don't think it's funny. In, uh, you know, either way, somebody was hurt, and she could have been killed. And she's far too young to be. If, if it was, that, if it is that she's being abused, um, I'm glad. She. I hope she has the wherewithal uh, to move on and not yeah. deal with this person anymore. It's way too early in her career for her to be going through things like that. Like she right. can, she's at the height of her career and like she doesn't need to be at a point where she's dealing with abuse. Right. I mean, this and is all speculation, of course, but like she's the hottest thing that's out right now. She deserves something. She has worked with Beyonce. Yeah. Like, she's popping. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand why she's even you know, hanging around with the likes of Kylie Jenner and whoever this is, Tory Lanez. Like, I don't even, have you even heard anything that he has made? Like, I don't. Yeah, I, I actually like Tory Lanez. I, I probably, so I probably have heard something that he's made on the radio or something like that, right? Yeah, and that's why it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because Tory Lanez was pretty vocal in a lot of his, um, he, he was the one that called out the other brother hip hop girl. She don't even think she was special guest appearance every three weeks kind of girl um, but she was crying over the Gucci store uh, when people started looting the Gucci store and, and why black people shouldn't do that he's the one that checked her on Instagram live okay so but he is he's from Canada mm. so um, I don't even know how you know if this happened in, in the US or if it happened in Canada or how like uh, how he would even be facing charges he doesn't live here. So, I don't know. They can definitely really no, they can definitely prosecute your ass even if you live um, in, a, in a different country. The only way they can't if, is if they don't have the power to, uh, what is it called? Uh, extradite somebody. I think it's a term from, from another country. Yeah. Which is why Prince William will probably never face legal charges, you know, because technically he's above the law in the UK and all they can do in the U.S. is ask him to cooperate, um, which is why the, the monarchy needs to go, because if they're hiding this, like imagine what else the fuck they're hiding. Um, and it, they have legal backing to do it. Uh, but yeah, like this, this whole situation, um, and I hope we're not over speaking again like we did before in episode previous. Because we're going to get with your stupid <laughs> ass. Because we we're going to have to get our own with your stupid ass. But I, I, I didn't... The thing is, I didn't want to believe this about Tory Lanez. Because yeah. his star is on the rise, too. I wanted to see... You know, I you know these people are already... They, their networks have, like, <laughs> far superseded ours. But I still want to see... I want to see black folks win at the yeah. end of the day. I don't they're have... They're both really young. I think they're both, like, still in their 20s. Yeah, uh, Megan is 25, Tory Lanez is 27. Yeah, um, super young. Yeah, very young. And I, I just want to see everybody win. And this, like, 
for you. I don't know if it's true though. That's why. That's why I don't. It's really hard for me to have a theme because, like, like what? What's the story? Yeah. We don't even know, like, if that's the real story. So I, I just like they're both growing. In you know what else is weird? Um, Which is weird. <laughs> the other thing that was weird is that her best friend is reported to have also been in this SUV and all that she would say was I didn't shoot Megan Thee Stallion wait a minute so, so it's three of them I need more I need more to the story it's three it was, so far it, it seems like there were three people in this SUV it was uh, Tory Lanez Megan Thee Stallion and Megan Thee Stallion's best friend or friend whatever um, and she was asked, so, so people were blaming this friend that was in the SUV. It was like, no, I didn't shoot her. But like, why wouldn't you say anything else? Why wouldn't you give more detail than that? So something's going on here. I don't know, maybe there was a tussle over the gun. I don't know what's what's going on. I think you're would absolutely you right. Would you like, oh, well, I guess it would be because it's like, that's great. But yeah. if, you, like, if you don't want to get involved, would you be like, oh, I didn't do it, but this is like, would you throw I them would. Under the bus or would you? I don't think I would throw my friend under the bus at all. I feel like what has happened is Megan and her friend have gotten together. Megan was like, "Don't say shit." Mm-hmm. Of course. You know. So but, that's but, that's, uh, that's all I'm saying is that it, it's suspect. Like the whole, I agree fully agree with you. Like the whole thing is suspect because people aren't really saying much. If somebody shot me, like, I'm like, no, this nigga did it. Arrest him. Like I'm pressing all the charges. <laughs> yeah, but like if it was yeah. your best friend, would you tell? I, no, I'm getting with my best friend and I'm like, okay, so what is the story that you want to have told? Like, what is your narrative right now? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, not I snitching. Feel like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like her friend did the right thing by like not saying. Yeah, because you don't want to get ahead of your friend's bag or whatever it's going to come out to be. Um, or you don't, you don't want to get ahead of your, not even, you know, making it about money. You don't want to get a, ahead of your friend's narrative and how they want their story to be told. So all I'm saying, I'll only bring up the friend to say that it only adds more mystery to the situation. So, I don't know. We could end up, you know, retracting this whole WSA moment. But right now, Tori is looking real suspect. Like, why do you even have a gun in Calabasas right now? <laughs> like, on your person. Unnecessary. The name of this next segment is formerly known as Hot Stolen Conversations, but it is now known as Keeping It Two Virgins. Um, there was a name change. If you want to know a little bit more about it, you can reach out to us on Instagram or via email or Facebook. Uh, are we featuring a cocktail again? Yeah. So in this week's Keeping It Two Virgins, we have the Prince 75. The Prince 75 is made up of one ounce of lemon juice, one ounce of vodka, two dashes of simple syrup, and two ounces of champagne. Serving the champagne comes to make it great for a nice Sunday brunch. It's brunch food. So today, um, in Keeping It Two Virgils, we have an anonymous writer who writes, 
Hey y'all, so I work in a mostly white environment and a few weeks ago I had a coworker come to my office wanting to, my office door, wanting to talk politics. I tried to be polite and I told him that I don't talk politics at work because as a very Afrocentric, politically aware male, I know how I can get. He then proceeded to tell me that Trump was the first black president. I was heated. I immediately told him to get the fuck out of my face, which at the time was the most polite thing that I could do. More recently, this coworker has had a child and our office solicited funds as a gift for his baby. I know that I am not giving a damn dime, but should I ignore the solicitation and move on? Or should I say something anonymous? Hmm. Jason, what say you? Well, I think, <laughs> you know, my, my, I think that you have every right to say whatever you want to say, but in the, in the spirit of keeping your job or in the spirit of just not giving a fuck, I don't think you owe them anything to say anything about the situation. You could literally just say to yourself, fuck that baby. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, this is what I do when these things and you know play out. I sometimes I might write a status about about it, but sometimes I'll also make a whole video in my head of what I would do if there were no repercussions. I would have a whole moment in my head where I'm kicking this baby into a pond, like they used to keep kick the uh well, you know, remember those red balls that we used to <laughs> kick at a in on field day? I would yeah. That's how I would envision myself kicking this child into the fucking lake. Fuck that baby. What? And fuck the co-worker that asked for this goddamn donation. We all work. We all get paid. No, you didn't lay down and have this child. Like, why do you need a donation? Is this welfare? So now you want a donation? Oh, hell no. Don't say a damn thing. Act like you never got the email and move on with your happy black ass life. Yeah, I would have to agree. I wouldn't give any energy to that baby or that letter. Yeah, just act like you never got the email and, and move on. If they ask you why, then you can say whatever the hell it is that you want to say, you know, with some with the filter, because you absolutely keep your coin. But um, if nobody brings it up, if you were the only person that didn't give, so the fuck what? It's your money. You do with it, do with it as you please. Um, but feel no way about not giving a damn dime because he didn't or she didn't, whoever it is, um, didn't feel, you know, the need to withhold his stupid ass opinion approaching you with the bullshit um, from Todd. So, yeah, like just just pay it. Yeah. And, you know, take your blood pressure medication because you, you need some. That, that's all we got. Um, you have any shout outs this week? Oh man, um, I think we, we we went over the passing of John Lewis earlier and I just want to give a shout out to him and his family as well as the family of C.T. Vivian who I need to do my research on because I don't know too much about him which yeah. is sad because we don't we often don't know our history and our greats are leaving us yeah. but um, oh, we did a focus group and I definitely want to shout out the participants yeah. of that focus group because they did us a world of good and shout out to all of you who have been supporting us but specifically um i want to shout out warren i want to shout out your sister justine uh chill woods who has an album out right now 
Yeah. And um, who was the fourth person? Uh, Harry. Harry. Harry, uh, yes. 216 to 202 podcast. Absolutely. That's who I want to shout out. Yeah. How about you? Um, I I want to shout out the same people, actually. Uh, I think the focus group was amazing. We got to learn a lot about, you know, the direction moving forward. And yeah, I'm I'm just really excited. So shout out to shout out to those people and then shout out to everybody that's still maintaining. Um yeah. life is still kinda hard right now with all the uncertainty and we are still fighting to be equal. So if you're still alive and you're still fighting, yeah. Whatever's going on in this everyday world, just still pushing through to make sure that you exist. Shout out to you. Absolutely. You. And yeah. um, hopefully this, this thing could be open. We can get back to normal. It's, it's hard to think about, but I do miss normal life and, and what it used to be. And it's just kind of living in this kind of space is just awkward to me. But we should get through it. We shall. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you all for listening once again. We'll see you next week. All right. We out.